Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome to episode 161 of Dude and a Monkey. We're about 20 or so away from breaking through the amount of 35mm Heroes did, so... Uh, Bloody yeah. hell, really? Yeah. Wow, fucking hell, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, Heroes ended at about 184, 185, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, because um, I know Mike was like... I can't. I don't know how you guys did that. I would have had the OCD to at least get to two hundred. Yeah. But I mean, fuck, we all hated each other by the time that finished, anyway. So. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, uh, no. Uh, so my it was it was it was when jo- it was when Jordan wanted to make us sign those accords, and I wouldn't sign, and and you wanted me to sign, and that whole sort of ugliness after that. It just the Cumbronia records. The Cumbronian, the Cumbrian records. Uh. <laughs> no, it was messy. Messy, messy times, messy times. Um, we had a fight in a just a car park. Mm. It was an airport car park. Yeah, it was an airport, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, just a regional airport. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even remember where it was. It probably was Luton, to be fair. You brought, you brought, um, you brought Mark along in his underoos. Yeah, and he was just really excited to be there. I yeah. was just really excited to be there. <laughs> Well, you, you, you'd you put a bag on my head and said, we're going to a party, get naked. So, <laughs> and then I got thrown out and just told to go and attack Jordan. Um, it's not a good one for first-time listeners, is it? <laughs> um, so, I, I, yeah, do the monkey. Uh, my name's Ian Loring. As always, I'm joined by... Uh, Mark Foster. Hello, everybody. And our now, every now and then comic book movie correspondent, the bastard. Because <laughs> he, he missed he missed the big one. <laughs> I missed the fucking main one of the year, didn't I? <laughs> Who are you? Uh, Noel Mellor, hello. There we go. And uh, so, instead, we're going to talk about X-Men Apocalypse. He didn't turn up for Civil War, but he's here <laughs> for X-Men Apocalypse. We'll also talk about some other stuff. I mean, to be fair, Mark and I only recorded three days ago, so um, I don't know. We'll probably have to improv. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I've, I've got a few things to talk about in terms of what we watched, actually. Um, and uh, so, you know, we'll be all right. But um, I don't know. Has anything happened in the last few days, film-wise? Well, on a comic book tip, uh, I think there's a uh, there's a strong sort of rumoured leak about Spider-Man Homecoming about the plot of that, uh, which is kind of interesting. Oh, go on. I don't I'm not um, sure what this is about. Okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's leaked on 4chan, which is a great place for, for leaks. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not the most reliable in the world. Um, but there's there's something that's that's emerged on there that said that the... The main villain is the main villain is going to be Adrian Toomes, who is the Vulture, um, and there's a supporting role for the bo- uh, for his boss Norman Osborn. So the Vulture's working for Oscorp. Um, Toomes is developing a flying suit based on Stark technology, uh, but he is betrayed by Osborn and turns to crime to continue his research, uh, which all sounds a little bit um, Batman Forever to me. Um, <clears throat> Robert Downey Jr.'s got a supporting role, uh, but he can't. He, he goes along to sort of help Peter Parker, but he can't get involved because of the Sokovia Accords. Um, the homecoming part of the title apparently relates to a literal homecoming dance at Peter's school, which is Avengers-themed, um, and Mary Jane Watson shows up at the end. Otto Octavius is mentioned as an employee, although he doesn't appear in the film. Um <clears throat> 
<clears throat> that's pretty much it, really. But it, 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 the other news this week was that um, Michael Keaton is apparently going to be attached to this film. So um, Michael Keaton was rumoured at first, and then it was said that he wasn't. And now it's ter- now apparently um, it's come out that Michael Keaton, they wanted him, but they didn't make a strong enough offer to him. Um, and now they've made him an offer and he's attacked. So everybody's kind of suggesting that he might be um, the vulture. Um, nobody's really talking about Norman Osborn. And I think what this is, is people feel, people probably feel like, oh yeah, we've had Norman Osborn now. It's It's been done and, and we don't really need to do that again. I really strongly feel that, that strongly, strongly, strongly feel that, um, Michael Keaton would make the perfect Norman Osborn. Yeah. I think there's a real, I think there's a, a Norman Osborn that the the Marvel Cinematic Universe and comic books in general really needs, and it isn't the one that we've already had. I think it's the sort of, you know, the I think I mentioned in our um, review of um, of Batman versus Superman the fact that DC really let themselves down with um, what's his face with um, Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg yeah, yeah. as Lex Luthor because they really didn't get that. You know, strong, pragmatic, criminal mastermind, really clever, really powerful, really sharp thing. Um, and in the Marvel comic universe, that's who Norman Osborn is. So I feel like, you know, certainly plot, plot lines like uh, Dark Rain, and uh, which is what sort of happens in the aftermath of Civil War, uh, where Norman Osborn ends up being in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and sort of developing his own Avengers and stuff like that. That kind of Norman Osborn would be it would be a brilliant and really fresh thing for the for, for comic book movies in general. So I can see Michael Keaton doing that brilliantly. So if it's announced that Michael Keaton's going to be the Vulture, I'm going to be hugely disappointed. Um, but we'll see. All of this could be absolute bullshit. Um, so yeah, that's the rumor. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read that one as well. It, it's It'd be a good bit of casting, certainly, I think, anyway. It's, it's weird, though, because the, the Vulture's come up quite a few times. I think, um, you know, a lot of people were um, talking about the Vulture when Spider-Man 4 was on the table, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4, and I think, was it Malkovich that was supposed to be attached to that, I yeah. think? Um, yeah, wasn't there a bloody word that it was going to be that Larry David was like... What? <laughs> But it was Larry David and then John Malkovich. No, I swear that was fucking... Hang on. Larry David would have been fucking weird. I've got to fucking Google this now. Do you know what would have been good? If it was Larry David as the Vulture, but all the scenes involving the Vulture were shot like Curb Your Enthusiasm, so it's just sort of played in that sort of um, improv kind of way. Oh, it, here we go. Fucking... MTV.com article from 2009. Um, fuck, hang on. Oh, God damn it. Larry David as Vulture, question mark. Robert Pattinson as Morbius, question mark. Oh, God, no. <laughs> That's grasping that, surely. Well, that Robert Pattinson's going to be in everything at the moment, kind of shouts that. Oh, okay. So it was Spider Man. Like people who worked on the comic were kind of lobbying for him. Apparently, it was never an actual thing. It's weird because it's weird that the Vulture keeps coming up because it's like, I mean, who do people? Re- do the general audiences really know the Vulture? 
Uh, I mean, I know general audiences know Dr. Octopus and they know the Green Goblin, I think. Um, but Vulture, really? I mean, I've not read that much with Vulture in. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, um, not doing him a disservice a little bit, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really rooting for Michael Keaton as Norman Osborn. I think that'd be so good. I think we'll find that soon enough. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, like, it's out in about a year. They're going to have to start filming soon. And I, it's the kind of thing they're not going to be able to keep under wraps for too long, I don't think. No. No. I think also as well, it's been announced that Carl Urban and Kate Blanchett are going to be in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Kate Blanchett's been rumoured for a while. Um, yeah. But bloody Goldblum in it. Oh, Goldblum, yes. Yeah, Goldblum, Goldblum as well, yeah. 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 And, and, and in other comic book news, uh, it seems the uh, lobbying um, for Ron Perlman as Cable in <laughs> Deadpool is, is picking up a bit of speed. And even Perlman's kind of jumped out and said, do you know what? I think this could work. Yeah. The tweet, uh, was it a tweet of his that I saw where he said, I think Cable should what? be lobbying to play me? Like me, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yes. Deadpool 2 is fascinating. Like, that fucker's going to be out. Like, it's going to be a two-year cycle thing. That That's going to be out in 2018. And it's it's going to be really interesting to see what they do there and just how much more fourth wall-breaking they get and how much more they, they push it as well. I want more unicorn masturbating. <laughs> my worry is that they're going to lose a bit of the... Oh, yeah, it's all speculation. But I th- my worry is that... Uh, they're going to be so desperate to push Deadpool towards the X-Men a bit more that they might lose a little bit of what worked with... Uh... Well, apparently, uh, the makers and Reynolds have basically said the only way they'll do a sequel is if they yeah. get absolute full control over everything that goes out with it. That would be good, yeah. Uh, and that's what they've been given. Because essentially they've said, look, we've, we, we delivered a hit we this. Yeah. Of, 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 six, of 60 million we delivered one of the biggest comic book movies of all time. Um, if you want us back, then, you know, it's under our terms. Yeah. It's weird that Fox is is now, you know, a, a company that is is seen to be taking risks and doing that. Yeah. Whereas okay. it feels like everything that Marvel Studios is doing is, is getting kind of formulaic. You've got Fox on the other hand that's like, oh, yeah, fuck it, we'll let, you know, just let them do what they want. Even though, I mean, like, to be fair, that attitude also produced Fantastic Four, because yeah, that was a, yeah. let's let Josh Trank do what he wants to do. Mm. And look, and I mean, I'm probably one of the only people on the internet who didn't hate Fantastic Four. I didn't particularly love it, but I didn't hate it. But, he, he, you know, yeah, I, that film just did so badly. And its cultural imprint has been, oh, yeah. like, Zero. Even though it was, it was funny. Um, did you guys see that like interview with Simon Kinberg? who's kind of like the he wrote Apocaly- Apocalypse and he produced. Yeah. I think he produced Deadpool. And... It's kind of like Fox's five year. Yeah, 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 totally. And he was saying that he wants to do another Fantastic Four with the same cast. And it's like, come, just, just give it up. Yeah. <laughs> like just, yeah. just reboot it again in a few years. You know, like just don't. Why are you even bringing it up? Stop flogging a dead ass. The biggest, I think the struggle there would be actually going back to that cast and going, come on, let's do another one. I can imagine, um, not Rooney Mara. Um, Kate Mara. Kate Mara. Kate, Kate, Kate Mara's face when he said to her, we're going to give we're gonna give Fantastic Four another go. She'd be like, no, fuck no. you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I 
I mean, didn't, didn't you Miles, mate? Did Miles Teller actually say like he hasn't even seen it? It was mm-hmm. like every Miles Teller. What? It was like yeah. every, everybody said it was shit, so I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, he said it was shit, and so I, I couldn't bear to watch it. Mm. Um, but he has sort of said, you know, <laughs> I, he kind of come out and said, you know, the problem is with what happened with Fantastic Four was not everybody wanted to make a great movie. Only certain members of us wanted to make a great movie, and other people wanted to cash a check. Mm. It is what he's kind of said, uh, and it felt like a little bit of a dig at Kate Mara, apparently. Oh, right, no. That's... Yeah, apparently she was a misery on set for the that entire is... time. Yeah, that comes across in the film, I think. Kate, yeah. Kate Mara sort of not really wanting to be there. Mm. Um, well, fucking hell. Um, do we actually have any trailers over the last few days? I'm going to say no. Uh, uh, there is one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, fair enough. They made me want to actually watch it. I'll watch it. I'm, um, still, I'm, not, I'm still not expecting much, but it actually looks like it might be fun. I'll watch it, but I... I... I still don't care. I don't give a... F- I do not give a fuck. Yeah. But I have a feeling after it, I'm actually watching it and going, how was Zachary Quinto ever a thing? Because of heroes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But it's just... He's it, still he, riding that. He, he's fallen so far. Didn't you watch Agent 47? How was he in that? Uh, do you know what? Agent 47 is a lot of fun, except when Zachary Quinto's anywhere on screen, and then you're right. going... Go away! Bring back the other two people. Isn't he doing? Isn't he producing some stuff now as well? Though? Yeah, he's also. He's, he do the those American Horror Story ones. Oh right, okay. Uh, what the TV show? Yeah. Right, okay. I, I, I watched. I watched like the first half a season of that, and it just it bored the living fuck out of me, so I stopped. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he's he's been in those. Yeah, I thought about watching it at one point, but yeah, life's too short. It, 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 it most certainly is. So what do you I, yeah. I do not have any enthusiasm for the J.J. Abrams Star Trek universe whatsoever. I just... Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll watch it, but I doubt very much it'll be at the cinema, and I really don't expect anything from it. It's, I find it very difficult to care about those films now. The first one I enjoyed, the second one not so much, the third one I'm probably not going to see at the cinema. I, I enjoyed the first one, I enjoyed the second one, um, but there's sort of films where I've watched them once, uh, I have no interest in ever watching either of them again, and I look at this and go, yeah. <laughs> nah. It just feels like, you know, the trailers just feel like they're hitting very obvious beats, and the look of it's just a very um, familiar look, it just... It just doesn't look like it's bringing anything new to the table, really. Apart from just, it's a, it's a, it's a Star Wars. It's, sorry, it's a Star Trek blockbuster. I, I'm, I'm glad that it looks like they're on an alien planet and actually doing some trekking. Mm-hmm. Like the whole kind of like the idea of him like wanting to get back out there. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. I mean, I, I mean, like, I mean, again. I'll reiterate, I don't give a monkeys, but after that first, that teaser trailer, this at least has a bit of life to it, even though if it does kind of feel like it's 
contractual obligation powering it along. Uh, I wonder how big a part Peg has written for himself. Probably fairly big. Yeah. Probably a much bigger part than Scotty has ever had in any (laughs) Star Trek franchise. When you think about it, Scotty was always just, you know, the guy downstairs trying to make the engines work. And now he's like, he's pretty central. So. I don't know. I mean, like, it's just anything that Simon Pegg's not written with Edgar Wright, I am not a great fan of. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Maybe this Doug Young guy he's co-written it with will temper him a bit. We'll see. It's out sometime this summer. It's a, it's a Justin Lin film. If there's a reason for me to go and watch it, and I can't believe I'm saying that, if there's a reason for me, for me to go and watch this movie, it's because it's a Justin Lin film and I might get some fun out of it. That is, attract- that is attracting me way more than the, the, the notion of it being a Star Trek film, the notion of it being a continuation of the J.J. J. Abrams Star Trek universe, um, you know, uh, seeing those characters again in a different situation. None of that is appealing to me whatsoever. What might appeal to me that weekend, possibly, is that, hey, there's a new Justin Lane movie out. Yeah. See what the reviews are like as well. You know, if 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 it can't like reviews come out just like two stars across the board, there you go. It does. I'd be wary though because it does also feel a little bit like people kind of want to dislike this film. Yeah, there is there is a little bit of that. I think people most people seem to forget that it was even happening uh, until the teaser trailer arrived and everyone kind of went, "Oh, oh, is that still a thing? Oh, we hate it." I I genuinely think. Like in terms of the media re- reaction to it as well, I genuinely think there's a bit of the fact that people were pretty high on Star Trek Into Darkness when it came out, mm. and then very soon after that, that film, like start like the, the 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 general noise on that film shifted very shortly after release. But it felt like before release, like the the, the industry was very very into it and i can't help but think there's maybe a reaction to that here because i mean into darkness was not great in the fucking slightest and yet i remember at the time it getting a lot of like kind of four star kind of reviews around and i've I've got a feeling there's a bit of like make making up for it in a weird way here but yeah we'll see what happens I'm 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 actually I am interested based off of this trailer. I'm willing to give it a go. I probably would have been anyway, in fairness, because it will probably be the only thing out that week. So you know, we've got got to review something. Well, <laughs> exactly. I just I just checked my uh, my letterbox because I couldn't remember what my feelings on the last film really were, but um, I gave it three and a half. Uh, so that's not bad. Yeah. I think my main problem was that it kind of pandered quite a bit, which it does, but, you know, a Star Trek film probably should. In the worst way, though, I mean, yeah, the the Khan, and oh, like yeah. how that whole Rafa Khan situation is reversed is, mm. I don't know, I thought that was pretty insulting, but, hey, I, I mean, I think J.J. Abrams even came out after and said, yeah, that probably wasn't the best idea. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, and also, just all that shit about Benedict Cumberbatch, is he Khan, isn't he Khan? He's Khan. Yeah, it kind of it, it distracted me for quite a lot of the first half of the film because I just you're waiting to get to that point, and actually when you get that point and it's revealed, you don't really gain anything or earn anything because it's a, you know, it's not Ricardo Montalban. It's 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 a different person who just happens to have that name. It could have been anyone. Benedict Bumberbatch. Yeah. Yeah. Bumberdick Q Bumberpatch. Mm-hmm. Beryl Comstatchel. 
This is filling up time nicely. <laughs> that's, uh... Any more? No, I think that's it. Shall we? Uh, Shall we talk about some more comic stuff? <laughs> Why not? Here yeah. we go then. It is a bit draining, isn't it? Just the sheer volume volume of comic-y stuff. I mean, I, I mean, fair play, and uh, you know, a good chunk of it is good. But it does feel like you just finished talking about one and another comes along at the moment. But well, um, see, the thing is, is I have this, you know, I have this bug up my ass about people saying that sorry. this year there will be six comic book movies, seven if you count Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I kind of don't because there's something else now. So there are seven comic book movies out this year out of the what? 200 and whatever films is, that, that come it out. It is literally just because, like, in the last two months, mm. there's been there's been three of them. I think that's all it is. Like, if yeah. there's, like, a break of a good couple of months now, then I'll be chomping at the bit. Well, that's it. We've yeah. got nothing. Aside from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there's, it's, it's August before we get Suicide Squad, and then it's October, November before we get Doctor Strange. So mm. there is a good break now. And and I agree with you. I agree with you. It's it's just, you know, sometimes when people say, oh, fucking movie nowadays, it's all comic book movies. I'm like, you're not looking hard enough. No, no, no. There I mean, are plenty it... of things out there. It is. It is what? literally because it does feel like it was last week that we did Civil War, and it does feel like it was about three weeks ago that we did Batman versus Superman. So um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just time is an ever increasing thing and throwing us towards the inevitability of our own deaths. But you know, that, that could be it. Yeah, that could be it. I'm just. I, I don't know. I'm just realizing my own mortality. Mm. And what am I doing? I'm talking about comic book films. I'm just. I'm glad you had this revelation here. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Speaking of apocalypse, is uh, is uh, directed by uh, Brian Singer and stars uh, Michael F. Fassbender, James McAvoy, Jennifer Lawrence, the redheaded one from Game of Thrones, the kid from Mud, the kid from The Road, the one who was in that one scene in Days of Future Past. Everybody else liked. Everybody liked. And some other people. And apparently... Call, call, call him by his real name. It's the guy who got his ass kicked by Emma Roberts. Who? That Evan Peters guy. What? You know, Evan Peters who plays the... Who, who plays... What's his name? Quicksilver, yeah. Quicksilver, yeah. He's the one who got his ass kicked by uh, Emma Roberts in that hotel. Why? What did he do? Nothing. He didn't do anything. She, 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 she's a psychopath. She attacked him in a hotel. They were what, dating. In real life? In real life, yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she'd been up like two or three times while they were dating. And he and she's come out and admitted that, that he 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 never ever got violent with her, but yeah, that, that she's got a bit of a short fuse. Emma Roberts was arrested for domestic violence in Canada for allegedly hitting her actor boyfriend Evan Peters, the twenty two year old niece. Twenty two well, if you're the twenty two year old niece of Julia Roberts. Oh god, yeah. Um was taken into custody on July seventh. I never even thought of that. In Montreal, after getting into a fight with her and left the 26-year-old Peter's bloody. Yep. Wow. Yeah. She always looked like a bitch, though, didn't she? I know she's magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, we, we've left out. You've left out one of the main actors of this film, and there's a really important point here. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. 
Oh, Nicholas Hart. The fu- no, the nope. fucking title character of the movie. Oh, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <laughs> and nobody seems to be nobody seems to acknowledge, acknowledge that when the credits. I sat through this movie watching it, and um, every time this guy Apocalypse was on on the screen, I was looking at him and I was going, "I wonder who this guy is." They've got they've obviously gone for like a sort of you know an Asian actor, and I wonder if he's like somebody from Bollywood cinema or something like that. Because he's got kind of a sort of Asian look to him. Um, and then the movie ended and, and the name Oscar Isaac popped up. And I was like, who was Oscar Isaac in that movie? I had absolutely no idea that he, that he was Apocalypse. No, and that, 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 very, very easy. Um, yeah, fuck, I did forget him. That does say something. <laughs> so, um, Apocalypse, played by Oscar Isaac is uh, what's considered to be the first mutant, and he has loads of mutancy powers. Um, he is unleashed upon the world thanks to an inconveniently placed rug. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it is, though. Yeah. Uh, and um, the X-Men have to stop him. Uh, there are some older X-Men. You've got Professor X. He's back. Mystique's back, who's an icon to people now, apparently. Michael Effer. Aspender's back. He's got a wife and a child. No prizes. What ha- what happens to them about half an hour in? <laughs> and um, some stuff happens. Some new X Men show up. Um, it it happens for about two hours twenty four minutes, and then there's a post credits bit. That I didn't really know what was going on. No, what do you think of X Men Apocalypse? <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> It's, it's really weird because I wasn't expecting this, but we have, as I said, we've had three comic book movies this year so far, this being the fourth. Um, and this was probably the one that I was, this was the one that I was looking forward to the, the least out of the whole year. Um, and today, this was, for me, this was the best one that we've had so far. I thoroughly enjoyed this film um and as it turns out uh the rest of the you know the a large portion of of the internet disagrees with that that angle and i can't figure out why um it's it's huge fun it's it's an unapologetic comic book movie and i think that's that's what's great about it um it doesn't feel as encumbered with the problems of trying to figure out motivations for everybody that civil war has um everybody who's there feels like they should be there and they're fighting against an evil that needs to be stopped but at the same time everything's done in a fun comic book movie way it's got you know great moments of comic book movie fun um it is tonally a fucking car crash but I don't know. Every every section feels different from the last, but I enjoyed every section, so I was happy to go along with it. It's I really enjoyed it, and it just something clicked with me. I think I I, I I've never really gotten along with Brian Singer's aesthetic, um, and I've never really gotten along with the the Fox aesthetic for um, for X Men. Uh, it always feels very cheap and over-designed and a bit tacky and a bit blue and a bit shiny. And <clears throat> when the credits started to roll, 
um, and it was those sort of really over-designed credits and they were all garish and horrible. And then you see that sort of, uh, you know, the door to Cerebro, that sort of ugly sort of late 90s looking designed door. I, I felt sick just looking at it. I was like, oh God, this looks absolutely horrible. I'm going to hate like a, this. Like a DVD um, menu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just felt so old. Um, and then something happened about, I think it was around the, the it, yeah, it was the point where... Um, it was the point where Apocalypse is being awoken. Um, and all of a sudden, you've got Apocalypse looking the way that he looks, you know, a little bit like the bad guy from The Keep. Um, and you've got all this sort of like purple electricity sort of fizzing around and sort of, you know, him awakening from this slumber in this sort of, um, you know, this tomb. Um, and all of a sudden, it, something just clicked in my head and it just sort of went. Did you have oh, a stroke? <laughs> I felt like I was having a stroke. I didn't get that excited, but um, something just clicked where it was like, right, it's like a sort of, it's like a late 80s straight-to-video sci-fi movie with a budget. And that's why you... Right, okay. I, yeah, I think, yeah, it, enough, I, I think it was, but just something clicked with me, and I was just like, oh, okay, all right, fine. And then, you know, the scenes after that that involve it, you know, it's set in the 80s, and there's some great music in there, and there's some fun sequences like the sequence with Quicksilver and stuff like that. And it just everything just slotted right in for me, um, and I had a fucking awesome time with it. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Mark, uh oh, it's not without its charms at points. <laughs> Don't butter me up. Um... But for a movie that is 144 minutes long, it ties itself in fucking knots mm. um, tonally, and the it, it, it's so little actually happens for so long amount of the time. I got bored of watching close-ups of people's eyes with a single tear rolling down their face. It's ugly as fuck. But then again, most of Brian Singer's films are ugly as fuck. Um, I only care about a couple of the X-Men and one of them isn't even in this. Um, Which one? Uh, well, not the X-Men characters, I suppose. Deadpool. Um, uh, oh. Wolverine's... Let's spoil alert. Wolverine's in it, but if you've watched any of the fucking trailers, you know Wolverine's in it. Um, I actually quite like the Wolverine. I, 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 I quite like the Wolverine bit, but it was almost like they didn't trust uh, an X-Men movie to not have Wolverine in it because it didn't I, need I, him in it. And that's it really didn't. It really didn't. It didn't. Um, Oscar Isaac's... Uh, you was... could say the same about Spider-Man in, in Civil War, though. I yeah, I, I, I did. um there was some all right bits in it um but all the way through it i was just thinking i just don't care anymore about any of these people at all i really hope that all of them die and then none of them die yeah i mean i the thing is i don't love any of the X-Men films, but I think there's a few of them that are very, very good. But it always feels like a franchise which hasn't quite ever really, really fucking nailed it. And after the kind of, like, the really interesting, quite singular vision that X-Men First Class was, like, because that's a Matthew Vaughan film through and through, Mm. um, and then, like, 
you know, Days of Future Past is is pretty um, ambitious, and I think it gets it right for the most part. To have something here which is half contractual obligation for some of the actors who just basically have to turn up, but then actually do pretty good work when they're on screen. I mean, Fassbender is great in the first half of the film before he starts standing around watching everybody for the second half. Um, and I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is good, but I that considering like the importance her character had in Days of Future Past, it's kind of mental how little she really does in this one. Um, it, you know, it just this one is half contractual obligation, half trying to set up a new set of characters. And it's long, but it doesn't really seem to I don't think it really seems to accomplish anything. I mean, what what has happened by the end of this film? A few people have joined the X-Men. Uh, McAvoy's lost his hair. McAvoy lost his hair. That's important. And Magneto's fucked off. And, and 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 that's about that's about it. And again, and it's weird that Magneto is fucked off because the whole reason why he changes his mind in the third act is, you know, because he's like, you know, my my family are still here. These people are my family. And then the last scene is by family. <laughs> it, yeah. It, Which is a little bit like what uh, Singer did with Wolverine in the first two X Men movies. Yeah, yeah, no type. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I mean, but like you said, it, it is. It, it's not without its charms. I mean, the, the Fassbender, when his wife and kid get killed, I was totally like, "Yep, you go ape shit, bud." I, I was as well. However, I didn't need him shouting up to the heavens. Oh, oh I love that. I, 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 that. I like that. I, I was there going. This is what I am. I love that. That's brilliant. What was it? Is this what I am? This is what I am. Yeah. That was good. That scene, that whole sequence was brilliant, but it felt like it was from a completely different film. As does um, James McAvoy's weirdly stalkery interactions with Rose Byrne. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, Quicksilver feels like he's in a different film. The recruitment of the Horsemen of the Apocalypse feels like it's from a different film. I mean... Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, Psylocke, how how did they just, like, let her wander off at the end? It's like, that character is nothing. Just, just... She, she literally does nothing in this movie <laughs> at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking embarrassing. I mean, yeah. and then at the end, she literally just walks off. Yeah. I, she scowls and walks off. It, I, it, it was almost like she was pissed she off the as... fact that nobody rec- remembered her. It's like, they'll, they'll, like, two movies time, they'll go... The only way it would have been better is if she'd have cackled a little bit and said, I'll get you next time, X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> all that will happen is what happened between First Class and Days of Future Past, where all the ones they didn't want to have just turned turn back up. They just killed off off screen and Jennifer Lawrence looked through some files and then there are pictures and it says killed or whatever. That's what's going to happen with her. There's going to be like a one-line thing about Psylocke. Oh, she fell off a bridge. And, <laughs> and, and then they'll crack on with it. You know, it just... I mean, the, the, the Horseman of the Apocalypse... Like, Storm was all right. Um, they, they, they didn't but, seem very apocalyptic, any of them, though. One of them got trapped in a thing that he then broke out of really easily. Hmm. Uh, Olivia Munn got knocked out falling from something. 
Storm seemed to just have a bit of a crisis of confidence halfway through it, and and Magneto was in his giant magnet. I like the Magneto <laughs> stuff. I just literally the third act is him standing there. It was it was watching, literally like they went, watching they went, everybody else. I mean, it's brutal. They went, like, Mike, 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 can you just do this? No. Can you do this? No. Can you can you do this? No. What can you do? I'm gonna stand. It's like an it's like uh, an Elon. It's stand. like an e- I'm gonna stand. Uh, it's like they took the scene, the 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 scene where Darth Vader's looking at the Emperor and then looking at Luke. And they just extended that for like half an hour. <laughs> it's, it's just, he's literally just standing for so long, going, "Man, just just doing shit." Because what 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 actually what like left aspender? What Magneto does to destroy the world is he rips up everyone's plumbing, and the yeah. world gets fucked. Yeah. I I I I think I think the third act is a genuine car crash. It's full of CGI bobbins that you don't care about. The central dilemma, and I, I mean, is kind of is kind of interesting with like Magneto's kind of choice. It's kind of interesting, but then it's all, it like cut with bloody. Um, McAvoy and Isaac having a dream fight. <laughs> Which reminded me of Jonah Hex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonah Hex, the film where there's there's a fight that literally takes place on two different planes of existence at one point. <laughs> yeah. I, it, yeah, no, I haven't even thought of that, but you're right. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I, I, It just, yeah, I mean, no, sell us on it. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. Um, no, it, it's weird because they do seem more concerned with getting Fassbender back on side than they do with stopping, stopping this guy who is apparently the apocalypse. Um, I don't know. It's just it's a, there's a lot of se- there's a lot of moments and sequences in the film that work really well for me, and they are all tonally very very different from one another. So as a movie, it doesn't necessarily work. I agree. It 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 falls back into you know typical comic book movie disease stuff at the end and like i said to you ian i i can i can live without seeing another fucking suspension bridge destroyed at this point (laughs) it's ridiculous at that exact moment i went really especially this there's more there's been more bridges destroyed in this franchise than entries in this franchise i think yeah Um, and it's crazy but you know, there are moments in there that, and and the the moments that are in there, they really appeal to the kid in me, and I think that's what it is. They appeal to the there's something that, there's something honest, fun yeah. there's something fun about this that makes me that makes me connect it to it makes me think. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, I've, you know, if this if had I come was, out when I was like 12 years old, I would be fucking eating this shit up. Exactly. Like, you know, I was 11, 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. Saturday morning at ten o'clock. That's the sight of movie on watch. Having Metallica play while um, you know while they give Angel those sort of metal spiked wings and he's like flinging the thing. That just there's something about that that just turns me into a kid again and just makes me go, oh yeah, comic book movies. <laughs> just you know that that's the in in the if you if you compare that to you know the experience of Batman versus Superman. Which feels like you're walking through glue. Yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. Um, or you compare it to Civil War, which I still think is a great movie, but the problems with Civil War, which I, I could talk about in a bit for what we watched, but the problems with Civil War is that you, 
you're kind of having to position everything to get everybody motivated to get into the positions that they're supposed to be into for this thing. And it, it all feels very labored. Whereas with this, it just, maybe it's the aesthetic and maybe it's the, the, the fuck it of it all. Um, but I just went along with it and, 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 you know, seeing a sequence, like I mentioned, like the, the angel sequence, and then seeing a sequence like the, uh, Quicksilver sequence, which has just got great music over it. And it's just really fun effects. And it's a, it's a light moment that sort of brings everything up that just worked for me. Like, and and I know it's not a good movie and I know the sum of its parts don't add up to something great, but it just tapped into something for me. I mean, that section is a perfect microcosm of the, the problems with this film's tone as well. Because, you, yeah, it's very light-hearted. It's also the destruction of the X-Mansion and the death of one of the characters' brothers. Yeah. Oh, but when, yeah. when, 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 they, when they rebuild that fucking thing at the end and it's just Magneto and what's-the-name rebuilding it, that was brutal. Yeah, I mean, like, the fact that it, it appears that Jean Grey knows carpentry and can, yeah. like, building building things. Yeah. You know, like, I, I would I would have loved to have seen Magneto, like, like pile all this metal along and then just look at her and she'd just be like, what do you want me to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> I did think, actually, during that scene, I was watching and I was thinking... Ah, so you're uh, you're an architect and a buildings engineer now, are you? Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Slotting it all together. No plans, no nothing. Just, yeah. yeah. I, I, liked, I liked Joss Hellman as Striker because he looks like he quite literally is chewing on his own hatred of everything throughout that and enjoying every single bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was, he was was good in uh, uh, Days of Future Past as well. I mean, he, yeah. he had that kind of thing going on, but he's even more pissed off here. And I mean, like, I mean, speaking of him, I mean, the, the Wolverine sequence is great because you're finally seeing what it's like actually taking that beach, beast out of a literal cage. Mm. And it, I mean, it is just really, really, really stabby and... I think quite twelve A pushing. Well, there was it a, was. There was, there was, there was a there lot. lot. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I can absolutely see that. There was a lot of, a lot of death and a lot of blood and everything like that. It did feel a little bit like. Are we just saying now that a comic book movie is never going to be anything more than a, a twelve A if they don't have tits or f bombs in them or International Women's Day. Yeah, you can literally, yeah. you can literally say whatever you want. You can, you can show whatever you want as long as it's nothing boob tits or ass related, and as long as um, you don't show, you don't say fuck. There is a possibility, and I don't know if there's any truth to this, or if, there is a possibility that maybe, you know, in the wake of Deadpool, they kind of thought, all right, well, maybe we can stick a little bit extra CG blood in there, and maybe we can just lop this character's arm off or whatever. But they, they quite literally now, they, they, they kind of ask, don't they? They say, what can we get away with? If we do this, yeah. will we get away with it? And yeah, they... They, they, they like screen and cut and say, right, how can we adapt this in order to fulfill a 12A? Yeah. Which, which, slight tangent, it's one of the things that people get pissed off about with the BBFC saying that, like, that, like they're advising people how to cut down films to meet certificates and stuff, but it's like, well, it's kind of, it, it, it's a job that they could do. They could say, <laughs> right, if you do this and this, it will get a 12A. It's not them it, insisting 
the distributor do it. It's the distributor asking so that they can get a certificate. The, people who, the people who complain about this type of stuff are the same sort of people who complain about the fact that Iron Man 3 replaced their bad guy uh, with a met, you know, it was supposed to be a female bad guy and then it was a male bad guy. If you don't understand that what you're watching here is art by a committee made to make as much money as possible, then you're a fucking idiot. This is you... the way the world works. It would be nice if everything was equal and everybody everybody got a fair shot, shot of everything. But movies are made to make money and sell toys, and that's the way the world works. Yeah. And the, the, the other the other point is, why do people care? Yeah. Why do people care? You know, I, I was watching they that thinking... They just think, want to look like they care. Yeah, I was watching that thinking, oh, this is a strong 12A. Doesn't mean to say I wouldn't let Isabel watch it. I absolutely would let Isabel watch it. Fuck, I let her watch Battle Royale, for God's sake. I'm going to let her watch a Pac-Man Apocalypse. And frankly, it, it's up to other people, whether they bring their kids or not. It's not up to the fucking censors. I just, you know, but yeah, it, I just was watching it thinking... This is, this is pushing a fucking 12A to the absolute fucking limit on this now. And again, it kind of felt out of step with the rest of the film. I mean, it's lit, but there are individual sequences in the film that I really like, which make me not hate the film. I mean, like people, like the one and two star reviews coming out, I think are too harsh. Mm. I don't, I'm not that far off of it, but I do think some of the negative hyperbole around this has is a, a little wearing and 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 incorrect, frankly. I mean, any any film that's got a sequence as strong as the Fassbender's family getting killed, one, I I don't think you can completely write off. Mm. But then it is also a film with Psylocke, so yeah. you know, yeah. I, it's, it's I. I it's just, I just think it's a shame. I mean, I'm really glad Noel enjoyed it. I'm, I'm very yeah, surprised. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad he enjoyed it. But, I mean, what about the new X-Men? Like, we haven't really touched on them all that much. I mean... They're not really new, though, are they? Well, Different yeah. versions of what we've already seen, though. I mean, I thought Sophie Turner was fairly innocuous. Like, yeah. she just... Mm. She's so she's, just she's, she's a throner. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's not that strong in this, and she's not that strong in Game of Thrones very often. I think she's a little bit whiny. Yeah, there's always there's that, always that, that's her season one of Game of Thrones is her doing that. Her yeah, yeah. I think that the thing is, is there's always been a threat with her with uh, game through Game of Thrones. They've always seemed to be suggesting, no, this season she really turns it on, yeah. and she really turns into a hard nosed bitch, and it's never really happened. The most recent episode of Game of Thrones, for anybody who's seen it, it seems like they're pushing that again. Whether or not it'll actually happen, I don't know. I don't think she's particularly strong in this. But what I will say is, is again, back on the, the sort of sexism issue, um, there's, there's stuff in this which is, you know, look at Psylog's crotch over here and, you know, look at, um, look at how, um, look at J-Law's boobs and stuff like that. And that's fine. Um, but I think one thing is nobody's really giving... Um, a lot of people complain about the Marvel movies and how they don't give much prominence to female heroes and they don't do much to celebrate female heroes. That's one thing you can't really accuse the X-Men series of, and I think this film falls into that category as well. The no, female yeah, yeah, yeah. characters are always the most important characters. And if you think about the character that uh, that Sophie, whatever her face, plays... Um, of Jean Grey, 
you know, throughout this series and and retroactively in this uh, this episode as well, she's the one to fear. She's the one that you know what if this girl goes off, we're all fucked. You know, so there's no there's. I think this this series, the X Men series, needs to a little bit of credit where credit's due is doing for female characters and female superheroes what um, maybe the Marvel Universe has yet to achieve and is often criticised for, and yet nobody's really giving it that credit and celebrating that. Um, has it sold any more toys? Has it actually sold any more female figures? Uh, I doubt it. But, um, you know, at least the movies are doing that, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, 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 I it's, it's just... I mean, Jennifer Lawrence in this, I mean... Fair play to her for turning up. Does she? What does she do? I mean, like, I would have liked a bit more on the whole idea of her being like an icon to mutants and her not being a fan of that. It doesn't feel like it's it, it's played up enough. I don't know though. I think the thing, the problem is, is if they had have done that, it would have felt a little bit too close to her other major franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. It does a little bit feel like Jennifer Lawrence is his character is quite literally doing what Jennifer Lawrence was probably doing uh, back uh, behind scenes, saying, "I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be the hero of this movie anymore. I don't want to be here. I want to go. Can we finish up? Can we finish shooting now?" Yeah. And went. Can we just do that one more time? No. Well, it's interesting that. No, we that, can't. It's interesting that that's the case, but she's actually been in the in the news this week, kind of. Um, almost teasing 20th Century Fox about getting them back because they've apparently Fassbender, McAvoy and Lawrence have signed a contract that says um, that they don't they don't have to if they make more movies all three of them have to appear otherwise none of them appear so they've she's kind of been teasing I forget what the quote was but they she basically said to an interviewer something like, yeah, I think Fox should be worried because, you know, we might not fucking come back and do any more of these because she's not contracted. She, she, they were only contracted no. to do three. So. To do three. And, and, and from, from what I read, none of them are that fussed about none them. Want to. But no. this is the thing, like, you know, why is she saying stuff like that? Does she want them to court her for a fourth one? I doubt it. I mean, she's got enough... She's got enough bubbling on with her sort of career as an award-winning actress that she doesn't really need. She's done enough franchises now to um, to, to to keep her in um, low-cut dresses for the next few years. I think. Yeah, like I don't think Jennifer Lawrence or uh, will ever star in a film that, at least to start with, they're thinking would be a franchise ever, no. like ever again. No. Like, f- f- unless she's producing it, like I would say the same about Fassbender, but he's doing Assassin's Creed. But then he's producing that; he's actually very much involved behind the scenes there. So yeah. from that point of view, fair enough. But I, d- I don't know. It's just like if they're not all three of them are involved, then what the hell do we have for the next one? Yeah, I think for now, <laughs> question... for now it's going to be David O. Russell movies all the way for for her for a few years, I think. And... Yeah, yeah. Uh, did did did. Rose Byrne do anything in this movie other than find Apocalypse? Yeah, well, I mean, she laid down a rug incorrectly. Yeah. 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 I, I wish she would have been called out in that. At least they could have acknowledged how stupid that was. <laughs> it was like, well, how how did the sunlight even reach it in the first place? Oh, you know, there was a rug. Yeah, I'm, I, I, my bad, that one. Uh, and also, my, my if those people were worshipping Apocalypse... Wouldn't they have wanted him to come out? 
Yeah, they just didn't figure out that sun thing. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They, they didn't. They didn't. So breathe. why did they always? Why did they always have insisted of putting the rug over the like over it completely before? Why was there only like six of them, and why were they just worshiping him in the dark? <laughs> it's, it's like you've really been a cult, cult no. <laughs> <laughs> you do weird shit. No, that's why I got out and left you in there. Uh, well, shit got real, real. <laughs> There was a donkey and a, and a monkey and all kinds of semen. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't help you. I'm afraid, gentlemen. I can't help you on this one. I just. You liked it. No, I mean, I, I can't. You had the experience you had with it, and I just, I can't. I, just, I, I, I can't justify my experience with it at all. I'm, 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 I'm glad you like it. I never, never. Never play down another person liking a movie. It's always better to like a movie. Let's say I, I didn't hear it. Like Ian says, I think one and two star reviews are harsh. Yeah, because so. very harsh. That, that, that's just people being shitty for the sake of being shitty, to be honest. It, it's not that bad because, like like uh, Ian said, there are great kind of little sequences in it. There's great bits in it where it is, it is really entertaining. Uh, and that's beyond even not just including the, um, the Quicksilver bits. There are, there are entertaining bits within it. it. It's not, it's not a complete fucking car crash. It's not a fantastic four. No. Well, this is it. But, and, 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 you know, but I look, I'm looking at this now and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of as a package and as a movie and structurally and tonally and, um, character-wise and, and performance-wise. I know what this is, but that's not how I judge movies. I judge movies purely, 100%, on the basis of how much I enjoyed them. And yeah. for whatever reason, for whatever it is that this taps into for me, uh, that's, you know, it was an awesome experience for me, and I can't wait to watch it again. Um, maybe on a rewatch, all those those um, faults with it will be more prominent, and I will be less forgiving of it. Um, maybe I was in the right mood at the right time. Maybe the the beer that I drank and was drinking throughout helped. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's a fun, unapologetic comic book movie that is brightly coloured and shiny and has um, Metallica and um, Eurythmics and other fun stuff uh, and attractive women in local tops. Uh, yeah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I can't decide between a touching cloth and a definitely not shit. I just, I think there is just about enough, just about to do a definitely not shit. Just about. I really, really wish it was 20 minutes shorter. I'm I'm, I'm I'm straddling between shit and touching cloth, and I think I'm just going to go touching cloth, just because there were bits that I enjoyed, so I can't outright say that it was shit. So there you go then. I think you know where I stand. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely not shit. For me. This is definitely not shit. Well, there you go, X Men Apocalypse. So uh, those of you in America, that this comes out next week, there's hope for you. So on the on the Blu-ray, uh, am I right, Noel? It can say, uh, or on the American poster, it can say, um, better than Captain America Civil War, no matter. It can't say better. It, it can't <laughs> say better. It can say, I enjoyed it more than Captain America Civil War, no matter. That's what it can say. <laughs> cool. 
Okay, so, um, and the uh, 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray is on pre-order for 20.99 on Amazon. There you go, Noel, so... Uh, right, I'm upgrading. <laughs> you got the, the Ultra HD, you got the Blu-ray, you got an ultraviolet copy, you got everything you want, 20.99. There you go. All right, let's move it along then, and uh, let's talk about some uh, what we watched. And, uh, Noel, do you want to... Uh, Maybe talk about Civil War and why it's a piece of shit, then. <laughs> uh, I won't trouble you too long with this. Just, you know, it's... Uh, I, yeah, I rewatched Captain America Civil War twice uh, in the last week. Um, when I first watched it, when I first watched it, I was obviously extremely excited for it. And uh, I was in Denmark and I was drinking some of my favourite beers and went along to watch it just in the perfect mood, in the perfect situation, in a place called Cinemax in Den- in Aarhus. Um, and they have a uh, first-class sort of place, so the equivalent over here of, um, you know, Odeon has Premiere and stuff like that. We have rec- reclining leather seats and table service and stuff like that. So it was the perfect situation, and I had a five-star movie experience with it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, thoroughly, you know, loved every moment of it. Um, but I think I was kind of seeing it through that sort of, um, that sort of first watch sheen. Um, and a lot of the problems with it didn't really, um, didn't really present themselves until later. Um, so I rewatched Civil War, as I say, twice this week. Um, when I reviewed it on Letterboxd the, the first time, um, I took a star off. Um, so it went from a five star movie to a four star movie. So it's still a great movie. It's still highly, highly enjoyable. Um, I just think it's, it's the, the motivations for a lot of the characters are really, uh, patchy and people turn up for reasons that aren't really explained. And I just think it gives itself too much to do. Um, I think what they wanted to do with this was ambitious, obviously. Uh, and they wanted to turn it into, they wanted to reflect the, the, you know, the, the, the event, the comic book event of civil war. Um, so they took that storyline, changed it a little bit and, and sort of did some stuff. Um, I think they gave, they set themselves too big a task really. And as such, you kind of have people like Hawkeye wandering into the film for no reason, um, you have Scarlet Witch having problems and struggles that don't make sense. You have Vision struggling with things that he shouldn't be struggling with. Um, you have uh, characters like Ant-Man that are just kind of thrown in for sort of, well, we've got him and he's available. Let's chuck him in. It'll add some comedy. Um, there's still a lot that's great about it. The Spider-Man stuff's great. You know, there's there's some really interesting moments in it. There's some interesting conflict in there as well. Sorry. I just feel like they keep giving themselves too much to do with these films and too many characters. Um, what what I think the the solo you know the, the solo Marvel movie should be should be an opportunity to sort of reboot a little bit. I don't mean reboot in the traditional sense. I mean just take it down a little bit and just have a solo story and let things play out and let us remind ourselves of who these characters are and what they care about and what they stand for and give them something to fight for. Um, unfortunately, what you've got here is after the filler that was Age of Ultron, you've got Avengers 2.5. And it's just, there's just a lot going on and it loses something for that. Um, 
they did really well with it. There's some brilliant stuff in it. I, I, I still think Black Panther was fantastic. I still think Black Panther is potentially the next most interesting thing that they've got coming. Um, and, you know, they did really well with the story and managing all of it. Uh, but I'm getting a bit fed up of these movies being a management situation. The one thing that I always said about the first Avengers movie was that it was brilliant for the way that it managed the situation. But now all comic book movies are just managing what the next movie is going to be or managing the fact that they're trying to cram as many characters in as possible. Um, and I think this film um, struggles to deal with a lot of that stuff. Um, but that sounds very negative. It's still a four-star movie. It's still a fantastic comic book movie. It's still in the top four for me of Marvel movies. Um, so it's still great. Uh, I, just... I, I, I just said X-Men Apocalypse was definitely not shit, and I spent half an hour dumping on it, bud. So, you know. Yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of small points with, with Civil War uh, and a lot of things that just don't quite click for me. And that I only picked that up on second and third watch. So, uh, but at the end of the day, like I say, it's still a great movie. So, so there you go. Um, so I rewatched that. Um, it was actually 13 days ago now um, that I watched San Andreas, but I'll mention it anyway. Cause it's <laughs> um, yeah, a perfect watch for me. Mate, just... you haven't watched it until you've seen it in 4K. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, the rock's head. head it's just it's got so many great moments in it it's got the whole sort of um you know um roland emmerich sort of thing going on for, for for visual purposes it's got all that stuff so that's great about it um but also it's just got really entertaining rock moments like the moment that they sort of parachute out of the the field And the rock sort of turns to the, just sort of like, sort of turns to the camera and poses as the only time since I took it a second base or whatever it is he said. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just unapologetic fun. And, um, I'll watch the rock in anything very much. So, uh, so it's all good. I hope he punches an earthquake in the sequel. That's all I ask. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would think he will. I love that this is getting a sequel. Is he getting a sequel? Yeah. He's getting a sequel. Oh shit! I didn't know that. I thought you were yeah. Shit. Right. Um. So yeah, apart from that, last night I watched uh, movie from 1962, a sort of um, drama romance movie set in the northwest of England called A Kind of Loving, uh, directed by John Schlesinger, yeah. um, who sort of um, is known for other things like Marathon Man, Midnight Cowboy, that type of thing. Um, so this is a movie from 1962, um, starring Alan Bates and June Ritchie. Um, and it's, it's, it's a fairly simple love story, basically. Um, he, it's, it's about, it's about a young couple and how they fall in love and how, um, they get pregnant and they have to deal with that. There's some interesting stuff in there about, uh, you know, this guy really wants this girl and then he gets her and all of a sudden he starts to think about all, you know, what he's giving up by just being in a relationship and all the things that he can't do. Uh, and then obviously the pregnancy kind of forces him into a situation. This is 1962. So you kind of have to, you kind of, you kind of have to marry the girl if you get her pregnant. That's the way things work then. And there's some interesting stuff in there. It's a little bit, 
it's a little bit drawn out. It's nearly two hours long, which is unusual for a film this old um, about such such a simple thing. But it's 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 really enjoyable. It's surprisingly I wasn't expecting it um, to be to look so damn good. Um, it it looks very very good. Um, and yeah, it, it was worth a watch. I'm just kind of it's it's this sort of long. Um, this long-winded thing that I've got. I've got a folder of movies that are all kind of set in the northwest of England, like old movies from the 1960s and 50s and stuff like that and 70s that I'm just trying to trying to watch, and, and every now and again I'll go to one. So, um, so yeah, this was a complete shot in the dark. I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was that it was directed by this guy and it was set in the northwest of England, and, yeah, it was worth a watch. So um, I think that's about it, really. Have you seen... Um... The film he made after it, um, Billy Liar. Billy Liar. No, I've not actually. No. That's that's, that's worth a watch. Tom Courtney in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah Steve, that... 1963. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you, if you like. Uh, what's it? That's worth definitely worth a watch. Billy Liar. Oh, set in the north, set in northern England as well. I'll give this a go. Yeah. Yeah. Add this to the list. Yeah, it's fun. It's what I'll say. Nice. Very good. Very good. Um, Mark. Uh, I've only watched a couple of things because uh, it was, you know, it was only Thursday since I've recorded. I've actually watched three films, but I've completely forgotten what I watched on Friday night. <laughs> like, can't remember at all <laughs> what I watched. Is it um, something from the ITV2 collection? It wasn't something from the ITV2 collection, no. I, I, I honestly, I don't have a vague recollection of what it was, and I just cannot remember at all. Uh, but I know that uh, last night I watched, uh, we watched Prisoners, uh, the... Uh, Dennis Villeneuve uh, movie um, from a couple of years ago uh, with Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Davis, uh, Maria Bello, Paul Dano, and Melissa uh, Leo. Uh, I really enjoyed it when it was when it was out. It kind of it was one of those sort of those sleeper sort of thrillers that come about uh, every sort of few years where no one really kind of knows anything about it, and then all of a sudden it arrives and everyone kind of goes, "Look, this is a solid, you know, eight out of ten, four out of five movie," um, and. It's about the third, third, third or fourth time I watched it, and it was three ninety nine on iTunes. So I thought, you know what, you can't, you can't not get that. Um, of course, is doing the next Blade Runner movie. It's Sicario. It's shot by Roger Deakins. It looks incredible all the way through. I'm just looking at it, going, "Fuck it, Deakins can shoot the shit out of a movie." <laughs> it's really the definition can. of solid thriller that film. I think it is. Know? Yeah, it, it is, and I, it, it's the sort of thing that that the shot. Of, you know, procedural police sort of thrillers that, that I just eat up. Um, and Gyllenhaal is, is my go-to guy at the moment. Um, it still holds up on sort of third watch. In fact, you start to notice more and more uh, as you go on. Um, you start to notice how, how fantastic Paul Dano is in it um, as well. Um, and Terrence Howard, how bad he can be in pretty much anything he's ever near, kind of starts to dissipate a little bit. Um, it, it's a fantastic movie. Um, but Today, um, I uh, I watched the Point Break remake. Oh, my. Oh, God. Right. Now, to add a little bit of context uh, before I, I tell, tell you about Point Break, put the original Point Break... This was never going to go well for you, was it? Right. The original Point Break um, is, is, quite simply, is one of the movies that I have watched the most in my life. Um I have owned Point I'm Break. For a uh, I've owned Point Break. <laughs> I've owned Point Break on VHS. I've owned it on Laserdisc. 
I've owned it on DVD, I've owned it on Blu-ray, I've owned it on a Steelbook Blu-ray, and I have it on iTunes as well. This, so this, is... this is your equivalent to me of Breck Eisner remaking Alien. Yes, it is, quite literally. I, I adore Point Break. Anyone who, anyone who says to me, oh, Point Break, yeah, it's just a dumb action film, I would literally punch them in the cock and say, sorry, was that just not that painful? Was that me just stroking your cock, or was that me punching you in the dick? It's not a dumb action film. It's a fucking masterpiece of the action genre. And I genuinely believe that. So, I have, I, I had to will myself to eventually watch uh, Point Break, which takes the idea of, of Point Break um, and, and throws it into something completely different. Like if they literally had a script, read it, and went... <laughs> little bit like Point Break. And someone went, holy fuck. Basically, like what they did with Die Hard 4. Um, so, yeah. Um, for a start off, his name isn't even Johnny Utah. Oh, like, you've lost me. You've lost me. The weird thing is, his name isn't Johnny Utah. Baby except, Pittsburgh. Except it is. It is Johnny Utah, right? He's undercover. They call him, no, no. They call him, they, well, at one point, uh, Delroy Lindo, who plays his FBI kind of boss, calls him by his real name. I can't even remember. No, she calls him by Johnny Utah. And he goes, no, it. And then he says his real name, which I can't remember. And I only watched it a few hours ago. And then that's it. From then on, they just go back to calling him Johnny Utah. <laughs> uh, because Johnny Utah starts off the film as he's an extreme sports star. And then his best friend dies whilst doing a, an extreme sports stunt with him. So that causes him to stop being an extreme sports star and uh, go and get his GED, his law degree, and then join the FBI. So he's not an FBI agent with a plucky sort of nope. you know taste for adventure. It's nope. the other way around. It, yeah, it, yeah, he becomes that. And um, Bodhi is... Edgar Ramirez, who already seems to be a master fucking criminal. Uh, it's, it's it's a very green and blue looking film as well. Next thing you're going to tell me, Gary Busey isn't in it. Gary Busey isn't in it. Do you know, <laughs> do you know who is in it? Instead, Gary Busey. Instead, Ray it's Ray Winston, yeah. who I am not joking. I had to at one point pause the film and turn around to Becky and say, is it just me? Or does Ray Winston look like Anthony Worrell Thompson dressed as Han Solo going to a Star Wars theme party? I swear to God, that's what he looks like for like two scenes. He's wearing like a white sort of shirt with a, a fucking a vest, and he just he looks like Anthony Worrell Thompson. Who American listeners quickly Google Anthony Worrell Thompson and imagine if he was dressed as Han Solo. That is Ray Winston in this movie. Um, it, it takes a few cues from the original, and when it does, it's painful that it does that. And it's, it is literally just a collection of extreme sort of sports scenes strung together. Because what Johnny what, um, Utah realises is they're chasing this Osaki 8, which is this uh, collection of of extreme sports um, things, essentially. And that is what these guys are chasing. They're not, they're not criminals. They're just 
they're chasing this and they're trying to give back to the world by stealing money and just giving it away to people and all this lot. It is absolute bobbins. And I actually kind of liked it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I actually did kind of enjoy it um, because it's dumb. It's really, really dumb. But um, the guy who plays Johnny Utah, it's actually quite entertaining in it. Um, and um, yeah, I I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm just watching this thing that Noel was just sent us. Let's have a look. See if it is the scene. See if it is. See if it is one of the scenes. Oh, it does look like Han Solo. Yes, it, that, yeah. is, that is it. <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> And to be fair, the other guy quite looks like uh, um, young Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, um, no one will appreciate this. Throughout the entire movie, we kept on calling him Budget Jacks Teller. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fucking hell. But, honestly, it, it's actually not terrible. It's not terrible. I don't believe you. Yeah, I'm it's, not sure. Do you know what? No, do you know what? It, it, this this is this falls into the sabotage realm of only I might be the only person in the world that actually kind of likes it. So I turned to Becky and said, "What did you think?" And she went, "It was terrible." Like, I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> there's a there's a great bit where I'm not joking. Edgar Ramirez is climbing up Angel Falls. And he actually, he's rock climbed the side of it, and he actually pulls his entire weight up using his pinky finger. You see, the reason why you like it sounds like reasons why most people would think that it's <laughs> shit. Yeah, you're probably right, because it is also so earnest as well. Oh dear, Mark. Yeah, but that's it, that's all I watched this week. That and something else that I can't remember. Hmm. Go on, Ian, what have you watched? They've I, I, taken the air out of my balloon, to be honest with you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I watched a few things. So, um, no, did you get round to watching Cooties? I didn't in the end, no. Um, no, I've been a bit busy, so I just didn't, didn't get to it. It will, it will remain on my hard drive for another <laughs> fuck knows how long. What a I, prick. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no, it's... Um, so, yeah, cooties. Um, so, uh, I think it's pronounced cooties. Oh, cooties. Coo- Co- cooties. 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 Yeah, with a dick. Cooties. 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 Yeah, cooties, 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 cooties. Cooties. <laughs> cooties. Um, so, cooties. You're welcome, dude, dude in the monkey listening. Cooties. <laughs> cooties. Um, yeah. Uh, so basically, um, it's a summer school. Um, some infected chicken uh, turns the kids into uh, zombies. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, infected chicken. Brilliant. Yeah, um, it's like a chicken nugget that a kid eats, yeah. and then they get sick, and then they like they bite other kids, and then the other kids bite them, and whatnot. Mark, have you seen this? I've seen Gooties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did I actually. Um, so it's uh, Elijah Woods is a uh, kind of a, a new teacher. Um, he's just kind of moved back to his hometown, and uh, Rain Wilson is a rather aggressive like PE teacher, and Alison Pill is uh, 
her his girlfriend, uh, Rain Wilson's girlfriend, but also Elijah Wood's kind of into her as well. And uh, basically them and a bunch of other people um, barricade themselves in and try and work out what the hell is going on and how they can get out of it, essentially. And, yeah, it's fun. Um, it's no... I mean, it it, it, it it benefits from a very, very strong final five minutes, which leaves you in a happy place. Um, I mean, like, spoiler alert for Cooties, but... Spoiler alert. The ending of the film is Rain Wilson basically telling a bunch of zombie kids to go fuck themselves and then burning a shitload of them alive in a soft play center, <laughs> which is a good time. Um, and they build up how much of a, a, a bag of cunts these kids are as well. Like generally, it makes you really like, yeah. not like the kids in the film. Um, there's one who is called Patriot, uh, who's a particular <laughs> little bastard. And, um, yeah, you actually don't mind seeing all these kids get walloped, uh, which is quite something. Um, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's, um, it's, it, it, you know, it's groundbreaking cinema or anything like that, but it's got a lightness of touch about it. It's paced quite well. Um, the gore's very well handled. There are a couple of scenes that are actually quite tense. Um, so, yeah, didn't hate it. It's, um... It's not great, but... It's well worth under 90 minutes, though. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was like 100 minutes, I'd, I'd, I'd you know, knock a star off. So that's that's cooties. It's actually not bad. Um, watched a couple of comedies. I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, which uh, I've never seen before. Ah, uh, yes. It's been um, a while. It's been a long time, yeah. Which... Um, I'm quite a big fan of the fact that the um, the kind of the disease infecting the um, the neighbourhood is not crack, but is actually just gold chains. Um, that was pretty solid. Um, there's a there's a good running joke involving um, one of the characters' uh, brothers dying from an overabundance of gold chains, and then other characters looking at his photo and going like, "How did he? How, how the hell did he pee?" Uh, it's a very real problem in the late eighties. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I don't remember because um, I'm younger than you. Um, and uh, yeah, it passes the time. It, it passed the time well enough. Uh, there were some decent laughs in it. It didn't help but at the end. There's like the Mr. Big is revealed to be this person who I was assuming was quite a big person at the time. And he has this speech about how. You know, but you weren't expecting me, were you? The big time person turning up in this film late in the day for a cameo. It's like, I don't actually know who you are. Um, but yeah, uh, it was fine. I laughed enough. Just about. There you go. I, I remember what, that, that was a, a VHS uh, kind of, yeah, I like the cover, like the title, I'm renting yeah. that. It had a great poster. It did have a great poster. And the, I remember the trailer was very... Um, the trailer was on a lot of tapes at the time. It was. Yeah. It, it just made you look good. made you look stupid and you think, do you know what? Yeah. Yes. What's the name of the... Um, what's the name of the bad guy in it? Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Oh, Mr. Big. It's John Vernon. John Vernon it was, yeah. Oh, yeah, John Vernon. Yeah, you know that guy. You it do know loads. him. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, okay. Dirty Harry, uh, where are we? You do, you know that guy, man. He's been in fucking loads of things. 
what do I know him from most? I feel like I've seen him in a lot of com in comedy, like a big comedy. Ah, he's the cop in um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. He is. That's what I know him from. But he's been in loads of stuff. I'm having a look now. Uh, I wouldn't have thought he was ever a sort of big star, like recognizable star, though. It's 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 kind of weird. Like it's quite self-referential. I was like, who? The, I don't actually know who the fuck you are. Like maybe I was just thinking, like maybe if I watch it now, thinking, oh, he's just a slightly hey that guy, then fair enough. But I was trying, I was just racking my brains, thinking, like, what am I? I am I actually supposed to know him from something? And I it was an Animal House, wasn't he? Ah, uh, yeah, it was. It, it, was, it was Dean Vernon in Animal House. All right, okay, yeah, 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 okay. Um, so yeah, there you go. It was fine. Uh, I rewatched Van Wilder. Fucking love it, that movie because it was on Netflix. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, You've not seen Van Wilder. It's no, fun, man. So. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It made me feel old because uh, a lot of the second Jimmy Eat World album, like <laughs> it kind of plays during the course of the film, and that um, weirded me out because I very much remember getting that CD when it was first released, and it just like fuck, I'm again approaching my uh, my in my or it feels like imminent death. <laughs> So, um, there you go. Um, that film literally just gets by on look how charismatic Ryan Reynolds is. That is exactly what I said in my letterbox review. Yeah, um, there's, there's, literally, there's a, it is powered by charisma. There's a great moment where there's a, some great kind of throwaway comedy lines. I think one of them is where he, I think he's, Gwen's just burst into his room uh, and he's with another girl and he runs out chasing he's like, I'm pretty sure you just burst into my room. Wait, yeah. was that? That was my room, wasn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. and it's just it, it's it's like Tara Reid can't keep up with, with with Ryan Reynolds at all. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, she's literally there to look good. It's it's kind of brutal. I mean, like, fuck, didn't she play like some sort of scientist in Alone in the Dark as well? She she played a uh, curator of a museum where she was also an anthropologist. Yeah, there you go. There you I own that movie on DVD. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so, I just didn't say a movie because I own it. That's a fair point. Well made, actually. Um, but yeah, no. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's a fun time. Uh, it is powered entirely by charisma and the gross out gag, which I will not spoil for them. Oh, yeah. It's genuinely fucking disgusting. And they <laughs> really, really rinse it as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's horrible. It is. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, it's like it's an hour and twenty-five minutes long. Ryan Reynolds is really good in it. It's a fun time. Um, and my final thing for the week is uh, World War Z, um, which I haven't watched since the cinema, and I watched the extended action cut. And it's interesting. I was reading up on the differences between this and the theatrical afterwards, and it most of it is like just little two or three second bits of violence. Yeah. And it, to be fair, it did feel more intense than I remembered it feeling in the cinema with the violence. Um, there seems to be a, that, 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 well, there is more just like zombies flinging themselves at people and really intensely attacking them. And like the people being infected and convulsing around and stuff like that. There's a lot more of that. 
there's a there, there, there's like one major bit of narrative which um which is kind of added which is um uh, an explanation of how North Korea dealt uh, have dealt with it and how North Korea hasn't been infected um which is kind of weird that that was added and not in the theatrical cut but hey um but yeah I still think it's amazing the World War Z is as good as it is considering all the problems that it it had on um in production mm. like considering the entire third act was was redone and there are only snippets of what the third act actually was in a montage at the end the whole battle of moscow thing um where there's a couple of shots of it was an entirely filmed sequence that they just completely scrapped um with didn't add like 20 million onto the budget or something insane like that yeah they got damon lindelof in he kind of like just rewrote the entire third act and it's just it's hilarious because the third act takes place in Cardiff, Wales. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, like there's a shot in there of what the filmmakers think Cardiff looks like, which is hilarious. Um, but there's like a helicopter shot and it it, it, does, it kind of looks like the valleys, but it, it's not Cardiff in the slightest. It was, it, it was like their geog- they did like 20 minutes research and just got it a bit wrong. I still remember in the in the, in the cinema as well when they start talking about there's a, a research facility in Cardiff, Wales. People kind of laughing and then people actually cheering where the air the, the tannoy or the airplane goes. We will be landing at Cardiff, Wales shortly. Like people straight up applauded in my cinema. We, we, I, I, I don't know. I still remember that and it's awesome. But yeah, World War Z, man, it, it's it's really good. It's really it is, good. It is. I, I, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Both times I watched it, I enjoyed it. It's prop. I mean, it's properly intense um, when, when it's going, but I really like the procedural aspect of it as well. Like the fact that Brad Pitt is just a UN investigator who's really good at his job and he's finding the little bits of clues and stuff. And I quite like the bit of narrative action scene, bit of narrative action scene dynamic that it gets going. And I, I, I think it really works. I mean, it's only just around about two hours as well. It's 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 paced re, um, very very well. Um, and also, I mean, it gets going pretty much straight away. There's like a couple of introductory. There's a scene at their home, and there's a scene with them in a car, and then it kicks off while they're in the car. Yeah. And then it's just go time. Uh, and yeah, um, I, I I I think it's cracking. I think this cut is on Netflix. I bought it on a. I bought it on iTunes a while back, so I watched it on there. But I think this cuts on Netflix, and it's it's worth a go because it's um, yeah, it's pretty fucking intense. And it's all, and also sorry, just last thing, just the fact that like it's a zombie film with massive production value, which is rare. Yeah, it's massive production. You know, I, I just like I don't know, like the, the Jerusalem scene where the, the zombies are kind of like building up like ants and then just throwing themselves down. And they're just launching themselves at people. I mean, it's it's fucking scary. Uh, just if you think about it too much, uh, which I tend to do. But yeah, uh, it's 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 really solid. I mean, no, you've seen World War Z, haven't you? Yeah, I don't. It's it's weird. I don't remember a damn thing about it. I seem to remember enjoying it, but um, I kind of don't remember it at all. It just sort of washed over me. Um, I can't imagine it's ever a movie that I would ever feel the need to rewatch for that reason, but. I seem to remember enjoying it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've been meaning to rewatch it for ages, and I'm, I'm glad I finally did it. Um, 
I don't know, body infection type stuff kind of weirds me out. That's one thing I meant to say about cooties, actually. There's a scene with a very young baby in it, which I didn't think this film was going to go there. And it, like, because I'm now a pussy, it, like, just, and there's some sound design stuff going on in it as well that I was just a bit like, oh, fucking hell, it kind of gave me weird shivers. And uh, this kind of stuff does bother me anyway. And body horror in general, it's why I don't watch a, rewatch a lot of David Cronenberg stuff. Like The Brood, you would never, ever, ever, ever get me to watch The Brood <laughs> ever again. Um, but yeah, uh, World War Z, it's really worth a rewatch if you haven't since uh, well for a while. Cool. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Nice. Uh, Twitter questions, do we have any? Yeah, we do actually. We have a couple. Hope to get them. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Give me two seconds and I shall... I'm going to Find check the emails. Them. We won't have any, but I'm going to check. Right. Uh, first question um, from uh, Rich Kid uh, at Rich J Kid. After X-Men uh, Apocalypse was a disappointment to everyone but Noel, uh, what are the worst examples of a great cast being let down by the material? American Hustle. Yeah. Gangster Squad. No, it's a fucking great film. Dance the Squad is not a fucking great film. <laughs> awesome film. I don't hate it, but it, it, it should it should have been better. <laughs> mm. Um, what else? Wow. Is that, there's a really obvious one probably standing right. There is, there. yeah, I feel like there is. Yeah, I feel like there, there is. There's a really really obvious one that is just fucking terrible that should be great, but I can't think of it. But yeah, Gangster Squad are would be the one I'd go to. I expected so much from that, and then it, it delivered something that was just all right. <laughs> I really enjoy Gangster Squad, but but for me, American Hustle was definitely a big one. It's, I that film for me felt like people were praising it because of the cast, not yeah. because of what the cast did in the film. That's exactly what it was. That that film, it still still baffles me that that film didn't yeah. get nominated for hair and makeup, but got nominated for. Best picture when yeah. it literally is seventy percent hair and makeup. Yeah, I'm still trying to think. You're right though. There's going to be something obvious. There, there is. There's, there. one, there's an obvious one that we can't that we can't think of. Um, another one uh, from uh, Punter uh, at Punter zero one uh, of the Chinsworth versus Punter podcast. Uh, says, oh, we don't need to answer this. He won't listen. <laughs> That's a fair point. Shouldn't let the X Men movies die and use the odd character in other properties a la Deadpool. I, I, I could see that actually happening, to be honest. I can't see it happening, but I agree with him. And, and, yeah. and as much as I enjoyed this, that uh, this last movie, uh, that's for for reasons that don't really have much to do with this. I think that would be a useful thing for them to do, but I don't think that'll ever happen. And they've proved, you know. I don't necessarily think that the X-Men characters on their own are strong enough to hold up a whole film. So I don't think single uh, single shot movies would ever be an option. I can't really see, you know, Colossus or fucking Mystique or... Um, I mean, Gambit. Or, yeah, but again, Gambit, I don't think Gambit's a strong enough character to prop up a movie. They seem to be relying a lot on the fact that this is... That it's potentially going to be played by um, uh, what's his name? Channing Tatum. Uh, Channing Tatum. They seem to be relying a lot more on that than they are the fact that it's it's Gambit. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Have pop up in other people's movies, but then whose movies are they going to pop up in? 
you know, other X-Men movies because they're not going to pop up in Marvel movies, are they? So, um, I get what I get what Paul's saying here, actually, but I think it's more likely that Fox will just find a new way to 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 milk what they've got. I think. Mm. Uh, another question uh, from uh, Mike Zizu uh, at Team Zizu. Uh, in a film surrounding the death of Natalie Wood, who plays Wood, Warner, and Walken, uh, and will this be made after Walken's death? I actually had to Google this because I didn't know about this story, and just reading a little bit about it, this is actually quite a fascinating story. So it I is, yeah. Watch a movie about this. Um, as far as who's going to play people, I have no idea. I don't think it's possible to cast Christopher Walken. I don't think there is only one person on this planet like Christopher Walken, and it's Christopher Walken. So, you know. I could, I could see, I could see in in, in ten fifteen years time, uh, Tom Hiddleston's impressions of Christopher Walken coming back to bite him in the ass when he is cast as Christopher Walken in this, and it'll probably be Anne Hathaway as Natalie Wood and it's not a bad show. Christian Bale as um, yeah, Romana. Yeah, I'd go with that. But it would it would be a fascinating film to be it honest. Would. I'd be happy to take a documentary about it to be honest if there's enough material out there, but I don't know if there is. It's the same as uh, the um, the John Belushi um, rumored film that's been going about the, doing the rounds uh, about you know the, the night he died uh, yeah. death as well you know because there you've got uh, who was it was it De Niro and um, Robin Williams were there all right so there's there's a film in that as well but I could see these these coming out at some point mm. but yeah I would think it'd be after Walken. Walk and shift the mortal coil, I'd say. Oh, for sure. Uh, there's, there's, there's certainly more than, than meets the eye with that one. The fact that it keeps getting reopened and reopened and reopened yeah. as a case. Either that or she just fell off the boat. Yeah. Well, it could be. It could be. It could, it could, yeah. be, perfect, it could be perfect innocent, but yeah. I kind of thought that was what it was. No, it's it, it's she fell off the boat, but she had uh, when it was found. They looked back at the forensics later on. Um, it, it, it's more likely that the bruises and cuts and everything that she had were happened before um, she entered the water. And the uh, captain of the boat that were on at the time said that they had a that her and Robert one had an, had, a, had an argument and it got physical. Um, yeah. There was a note as well. Apparently, there was a note to her. Was it her agent or something that said, yes. "Like, uh, don't laugh." I don't know. I just, I just, just read it just a minute ago. But there was a note that said something like, "Don't let people know what you know" or something. Mm. Um, so the, 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 the thing is, it's one of those. It could be completely innocent, or it could be oh. more than meets the eye. <laughs> if you if you value your life, keep quiet about what you know. Yeah, this was relating to her relationship with um, with Wagner. So it sounds like there's a lot more there. It sounds like a really interesting story. So I had no idea about it. So mm. it'll probably get out there one day. Then I suppose somebody's going to do a fucking film about it. But it'll be after the walk and dice, like you say. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking hell! Right, what a way to end. Um, <laughs> so. Um, on next week's show, we got a bit of a choice here, um, Mark. Because oh, um, so well, Friday the only kind of big thing out is uh, Money Monster, mm-hmm. which I'm interested in. I'm interested. Um, but then on Monday, the Tyler Perry starring Turtles film 
and Duncan Jones's Warcraft both come out. And then the Friday after, it's the Nice Guys. So... Are you suggesting we do a midweek recording and do... I'm 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 throwing it out there. I'm I not... I will have a look and never decide on that because I would. The, the thing is, th- th- there's, there's actually three movies I'd like to see <laughs> there. I think, to, to be honest, I think you'd you'd probably get the nice guys would be a great one to cover, but it's a comedy, so how much how much will you get out of it? I think Money Monsters probably more of a discussion movie. So like maybe a double bill with those two might work, or I don't know. Yeah. I'll be doing nice guys no matter what. Yeah. I cannot fucking wait for that. But I, I, I also want to see Warcraft and the Turtles movie. That, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the thing. I, I don't know. Like, It's just the Duncan Jones factor is literally yeah. the only reason why I'm yeah. bothered about Warcraft, but I will see it because of that. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't know. It's good. That's going to be interesting, but we'll we'll see what we come up with. We'll see what when we record as well. Yeah. I, like I was just assuming, like the week after, we would just do the nice guys. Oh, that question. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Uh, okay. Well, thank you very much to Noel for uh, his controversial opinions. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's always a pleasure to be here, and it's nice to have a positive reaction to a movie, to a comic book movie, even when you fuckers don't. Yeah, it's 2001. <laughs> um, and no, uh, no, Mark, yes. you're still here. Yeah. Right, bye. Bye. Okay, was there anything else to say? I've kind of lost my no. train of thought. Uh, at, at Dude and the Monkey, uh, at Ian Loring, at Film Rant, at Dude Fuzz, Dude and the Monkey at gmail.com. Oh, also, can I just mention, uh, if anybody wants to buy a book... Oh, no, I've not got a book anymore. Sorry, I've got nothing to sell. <laughs> bye. Hey! Yet. <laughs> Anybody want to buy a VHS player? If anyone wants to buy an autographed VHS player <laughs> by <laughs> Noel Adventures in VHS Mellor, tweets at Film Rant. Yeah. I, I got a bargain um, buy at a car boot this morning. I got the Long Riders um, soundtrack for £4. The Long Riders? Yeah, the Walter Hill film. Oh, oh. right, okay. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want for about two pounds. Sorry, two pounds. It was. I have not seen that film. It's 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 a Walter Hill film. So basically, it's, Walter Hill it, film. It, yeah. it, it, it's an actual Walter Hill film that is a western that is actually a western, as opposed to every other one of his films that are westerns that aren't actually westerns. Bang! It's on the list. Nice. It's fun actually. Literally, everyone in it's a brother of somebody. Oh, that fucking right! Yeah. Yeah. Keith Carradine, David Carradine, and the other Carradine, Stacey Keach and his brother, and um, as Randy Quaid and Dennis Quaid, I think. Wow. You know. Double Quaid. Yeah. Double Quaid. Yeah, man. Fuck. I've, yeah, I've been meaning to watch that for the longest time. And and of course, Ry Kuda does the um, soundtrack for it. Yeah. It's, it's fucking great. That's very good. That was uh, great. Right. I think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. thank you all. Thank you. Chat soon, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.